Welcome to Straight Cut Nonsense, the podcast. Hey, James. Hey, Spencer. Welcome to episode two of Straight Cut Nonsense. Cool. Thanks. Uh, Glad to to be here. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. Yeah. You really, really crap without me. It'd be kind of hard to host it without you. Yeah. True. Um, Today, we're going to do the news bit as per usual, but the topic of which we're discussing is what exactly? Um, So we're going to be talking about limited release, uh, few off uh, supercars uh, from various manufacturers um some are good some are bad yes essentially the question of can you have too much of a good thing yeah yeah basically yeah, yeah. is there a point to it which we shall discuss yes even though we know the answer yes because no yeah <laughs> um, uh, so shall we get into the news yeah take it take it away okay so probably the biggest thing uh most sensational part of the news of this week and possibly last week uh was that SSC took their Tuatara out onto a closed public highway in yeah, Nevada. Pretty sick. Pretty sick. Um, and achieved a VMAX of 331 miles per hour. Um, so when talking about like top speed, that doesn't really particularly interest me that much. Not even when the number starts with a three? Well, I'm sort of like, uh, it's just, you know, what does that compromise in getting that speed? However... However, I, I watched a video, yeah, and it blew my mind. <laughs> the, I can't quite cognitively understand how, how fast it is, but the numbers would not stop. I was I was like waiting for a let up in the in the performance. I was like, even at three hundred thirty, it you like you said it could. I'm sure it could do three fifty. Yeah, that's the thing is you know he you could tell. So the driver Oliver James Webb, uh, British race car driver. Mm-hmm. He did, um, I don't know how many, how many runs he did that day, but they reported on at least three different runs. Yes, yeah. The first run, he stopped at like, what, 300? 301. 301 yeah. miles per hour. So they got there, and we're yeah. like, cool, it can do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and by the way, they were trying to beat the Bugatti Chiron Super Sports uh, record of 304.7 mm-hmm. miles per hour. But Bugatti did that run on their test track the in... Nardo test track, right? Um, no, I think they did it at their um, own track in oh, Germany. Really? The Era Lessingen, I think it's called. Ooh, okay. The private one that's like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. no one's it's allowed. The yeah, that's where they always yeah. do their top speed runs. Yes. So this uh, Chiron, which was at the time a modified version of a Chiron that they made into the Super Sport model, mm. um, did 304.7 miles per hour. On their track. It only did that one way. Mm. Technically, to be a kind of a, a verified world record uh, speed run, yeah. you're supposed to do it two in two directions. Yes. So that you account for wind speed and, you know, any hill grade. Yeah. Um, so they didn't do that. But they still, you know, that was a, a huge feat when they, when they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then for SSC to not only just blitz past that, but to do it in two directions Sail. is like a double slap in the God, face. God, is that I? Yeah, um, I'm props to them because you know they're they're not a big company. They're not Tiny. backed by a, a multi car conglomerate. Yeah, it's just them. Yeah, and they just owned it, and that's just the coolest. Um, yeah, and I mean they did that with the uh, the SSC Ultimate Arrow, which 
know. <laughs> um, when, when did that come out? 2006? 2007? Something like that. Yeah. It, I mean, it got zero press. Brick as it looked. It like looked a like a kit car. Yeah, yeah. like brick or yeah. a really not brick looking brick. And mm. it, it, oh, its active arrow was so fucked up. It was so weird. Like it was just, it was like two slats that came out of the back. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that's ooh, rough. Um, but nevertheless, it still did two hundred fifty-seven miles an hour yeah. on a public road again. I love that they're just like we could maybe go to like maybe there's a, a longer piece of road that we go to in the world. <laughs> However, to make to rub it salt in the Bugatti's wound, we're going to just be like, oh, this is a public public road, by the way. Yeah. Closed, but it's public. Yeah. So, just so you know. Two-lane highway, in the middle of nowhere, <sighs> in Nevada. So cool. It's yeah. badass as fuck. So, um, congrats to them, because that's radical. And the Tuatara looks pretty insane. Like, I love looks how it looks. It looks fantastic, doesn't amazing. it? Yeah. That it car came out, like, they announced that car, and they showed the first pictures in 2011. Yeah. I remember. It's been so long in the making. Yep. But it was so worth it. Very ahead of its time as well, because I remember yeah. seeing it and being like, mm, not so sure about this. It looks and now too it, spaceshipy then. Yeah, and now it fits in perfectly with, especially with McLaren's. Yeah. Because they're Even very spaceshipy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that. It yeah. really fits in now. So um, props to them. Seriously impressive. If you haven't seen the video of the speed run, the, yeah. the fastest speed run, please do, because it is like shocking how how much. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> One more thing on the, on the design of the car. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure it was designed by the same guy who designed the Selene S7, which is arguably oh, I love the Selene like Selene America's Selene. only other top tier supercar. Oh, twin turbo yeah. 750. Oh, crazy yeah. car. I love it. And that's, yeah. a, that's also a homologation car, right? Yeah. So, anyways, hats oh. off to Selene. Um, the car looks amazing and the record is amazing. Uh-huh. And we'll have to see what Hennessy does. Yes. And we'll have to see cool. what uh, Quinnexeg does. Yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting. Like, so the Chiron, like, the Veyron was game changing, right? Yeah. Because of what it did and how it did it. Um, the Chiron came out and it did something similar in a new way and an updated way. And it's kind of a shame because, not a shame, I guess, because it's, what, it's, what it does is still extraordinary, but. Koenigsegg and SSC have both very much caught up, I think, with Bugatti. Probably because of the Veyron, to be honest. In, in the speed realm, absolutely. Yes, in the speed realm. Not absolutely. in terms of how they do it, because they do it in very different yeah. ways. Um, in fact, it'd be interesting to compare the SSC and the and, and Koenigsegg. It's the the SSC, the engine is built in um, Southern California. It's still a pushrod V8 which is ridiculous <laughs> oh so cool I love it it's it's just yeah that's cool it's like pretty it awesome yeah um, <laughs> you remember last week uh, when we talked about uh, Renault gutting their model line of sports cars and Alpine picking up the slack theoretically yes tragically there's been more news on that okay uh, so the Alpine or the new Renault boss I guess has um, I, you know, I don't know if this carries much weight, but he's essentially said that he wants to position Alpine to be sort of a mini Ferrari brand. No way. Yeah. Sounds pretty awesome. Hmm. Okay. I mean, okay. As a, <laughs> a Renault Sport enthusiast, this probably isn't quite what you wanted to hear. No. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I mean, the, the, the whole point, the whole appeal of Renault Sport for me was that it was the common man's high performance car that didn't necessarily compromise on fun um for performance and i feel like as soon as you say i we're gonna go for this like top tier supercar you i don't know i'm i'm apprehensive i mean the out the a110 has turned out to be a bit of a stunner yeah and i love it i think it looks amazing 
Uh, it's wish it's I, true I to the original. It is. Wish it I looks gearbox. amazing. Um, Apart from the gearbox and the from engine. From the gearbox. The engine and gearbox. But see, without them being their own brand, maybe now they can finally get R&D money to develop their own powertrains. I'd hope so. Yeah. Especially yeah. if they want to compete with, you know, yeah. any, anyone else in that segment. I mean, when they say mini Ferrari, I picture more kind of slightly up from where they are now. But not nothing like a you know forty eight or a F eight. I mean, I would have I would have thought Porsche would have been their brand to go for. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because like there's they have more lower end right. sports cars, and also like the nine eleven cross like it crosses so, so many, many boundaries. So many. Like, so I would have expected that instead. But I guess if they're going for mid engine, are they going for mid engine cars? Alpine. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's, that's part of the history as well, isn't yeah. it? Of Alpine that they've always been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Middle rear engine, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That doesn't thrill me, but um, I well, mean Alpine doing well. That that's nothing to be sad about. Yeah, it just it just very much seems like the small, cheap, uh, quick but not super fast uh, hatchback is from Renault is truly dead. It's it's, it's yeah, and even in general, it's a dying. In general, yeah, because Mercedes had to come in with a stupid A forty five S and give a stupid hatchback, stupid four hundred twenty yeah. fucking horsepower. Oh, I hate it. I it's kind. Of, it's like the type of thing you would always opt for in a video game, but it's the type of thing that's not so enjoyable in real life because it's just you don't have enough time to appreciate what else the car can do. Anyways, we'll see where Alpine goes with this. I'm excited for it. You might not be, but that's I'm, okay. I'm apprehensive, but hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll stay there. The new BMW M3 and M4 have debuted this face which is really, really offensive. It is dis. <laughs> I mean, it just looks buck toothed. Yeah. And like, who, who, if Ryan Gosling was buck toothed, he'd still yeah. be ugly. <laughs> you know what the thing is? Like, people are like, the reviewers who actually like are up in person with the car, they're like, the first thing they say is like, you know what? It's not that bad in real life. But if your first response is like, not that not bad, that bad yeah. even just like hesitation to yeah. figure out if you like it or not, you don't like it. Like, yeah, it could grow on you, but if if it's not like an instant, like yeah, that's you know that's something I vibe with. Yeah, if they were if they were like they, I I saw it and I went oh, I'd be like oh that's more. But oh, see that is so much. Holy that is that official? No, so I just showed <sighs> James a picture of prior design renderings. Um, prior design is an aftermarket company. They do um, body works and stuff. Body works. <laughs> um, but they have just unveiled a new rendering for a revised face uh, of the BMW M3 and M4. Mm. So this would just be a direct replacement front bumper, and it totally fixes all of the issues um, that those cars have. It also makes the outgoing models fit in so much more cohesively in terms of design language, because that looks yeah. like a more beefy C2. M- yeah. M2, sorry. Exactly. Um, this is a I nice like, evolution. Yeah, it's a really nice evolution because yeah. you, you know got the like uh, kind of like uh, hex. Uh, what's it called? What am I trying to say? Hexagonal. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the ge- ge- geometric. I guess geometric uh, LED lights, yeah. which is like a new thing they're doing. And so, you know, like they've shown a couple oh, of really this one. They do one with an M8 style yes. kidney grill. I love. I like the look of the M8. It's too big. It's yeah, too heavy, but agreed. I love if the, the M8 look was like sixty-five percent of its current size. Yeah. It'd be amazing. It's over two tons. Insane. But it yeah. looks amazing. It looks fantastic. Anyways. Oh, um, God. <laughs> yes. So, just like the Asim Martin V8 Vantage, which was rescued by some other company to put the new grill on mm. it, yeah. I hope prior design comes to save the M3 and M4. Um, it's not a heroic uh, venture because, let's be real, it, it can't get worse <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> than what it is currently. So, <laughs> but props to them, it looks great. Yeah. 
Uh, speaking of uh, up-and-coming American companies like SSC, De Tommaso, Italian firm, mm. is now going to build their P72 supercar in America, probably mm. in Detroit. Mm. And for those who are unfamiliar with the De Tommaso story, they were founded in Italy, um, and they always use American engines. Yes. So it was kind of like a... What did they say? Yeah. Kind right. of like... That kind of thing. Essentially built somewhere else, but powered by Americans. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, which which I think is awesome. Yeah. Right. yeah, I I don't know how that'll shape the um, story of this company because mm. now it feels like a pretty much American company, right? Yeah, if you're using kind of. an American engine and you're building the car in America, um, I don't know. Mm. I mean, I guess technically their design team is probably based in Italy or something like that. I yeah, I we'll assume see. so. Yeah. We'll see. Um, that's kind of interesting. Uh, <clears throat> and I, I was wondering why they do that, but I think it must be something to do with the clientele and maybe the maybe the interest that's been gauged from the appearance of, of was it at, it was at the festival of speed, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it last year? It's where it did so yeah, maybe I don't know. There's a particular amount of clientele who are interested in it from the states. And yeah. Like oh, let's just make it in the states. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what's yes. much more Italian than building an Italian car in America? Um. Uh, leftover lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that'll work, yeah. Actually, I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to go with a Ferrari whose window falls out at high speed. I love this. <laughs> I'm, not because, I, I'm not a Ferrari hater, but I also, I think they're such a prideful company, and I love when this sort of thing happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just oh, like, even if, if you had one of these cars, I would hope you would just read that and burst out laughing. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah. So, oh, Okay, I'm not driving fast enough then. <laughs> so Ferrari just announced a recall that affects the 812 Superfast, um, in which the rear window can leave the car at high speed. Uh, question. Yeah. How fast? That's a good question. Uh, the first report came from Germany, so you know he was on the Autobahn, and he was probably flying. <laughs> <laughs> so you, would you describe him as going super fast? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because I think it's illegal to drive that car... Anything less than super fast. Oh, then that's a really big problem. Yeah. You have to fix it. Right, well, yeah. 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 Otherwise, it would just be fast. It'd be, it'd be like... Moderately fast. If your window has not fallen out of your 812, you're we're, just fast. We're it because <laughs> yeah. you haven't been driving it fast enough. We're rebadging it. Yeah. We're changing the badges to be 812 sort of fast. Yeah. <laughs> 812 could be faster. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah, anyways, far as recalling, 1,063 models of the 812 super fast. Not insignificant. No. No. They um, want two shark emoji. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, the last bit of news I wanted to point out. I have no idea how this escaped me because it's one of my favorite car brands. Bugatti is apparently about to debut a new hypercar. Excuse me? Yeah, exactly. So th- I didn't know about this either. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. Um, it looks ridiculous. It, it kind of looks like uh, a video game car to me. Like... It looks... Okay, so... Immediately, what I'm thinking of, it looks like a um, sort of like the, the uh, uh, what's it called? Apollo, i.e. Yeah. yeah. That's what I got initially, just for the fins and the silliness of yeah. it. And I'm sort of like, eh, cool. yeah. And it's got stupid, uh, the, the Bugatti grill, which I, I don't think works in this current. It, the way they did, they kind of squashed the grill. It looks very awkward okay is it um, is it gran turismo like vision gt kind of thing or something well that's it what looks it, like it looks it. like it right yeah, but it does. think about the new le mans hypercar well yes class right if this is a hypercar entrant 
I am about to be so fucking happy. So this, the Ascenza Lamborghini, yeah. and the uh, the Aston Martin Valkyrie, Valkyrie, and the Toyota, and the to- yeah, having yeah. a hoedown. Yeah. I'm, I'm here for that. That would be amazing. We need heroic Le Mans yeah. stories again because yeah. it's gone stale. I've, mainly because all the cars are fugly. Well, the best part is this brings back the homologation yes, racer. Yes, exactly. It's like, if they're making this race car, they have to make a road version. And it looks... Gr- I mean, okay, uh, I, I take the piss out of the grill, but in comparison to all the other Le Mans, like the, the Le Mans prototypes, this looks best incredible. Looking. <laughs> best looking one. I like the X thing. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, so... Wow, do you want a, do you want a roof scoop? Or <laughs> said, how big do you want the roof scoop? And the designer was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> like every single bit of, uh, wow. That's, yeah. I mean, what's the power? What's the powertrain? It's going to be the same W16. Right. But I same power? Surely yeah, can't be much. I mean, it, they'll probably restrict it, you know. Yeah. But it's going to be a monster. And I'm very excited for it. Oh my God, that's going to be, that's going to be cool. Uh, yeah. it, um, it, that's all the news I have. Do you have anything else? No, I'm just, you know. You just here for the ride? Yeah, you freeloader. Yeah, I'm just I'm here <laughs> out of dutiful, um, you know, responsibility. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's so, talk limited editions. Yep, let's do it. And as I like to call, the unlimited limited edition. <laughs> um, okay, so this is what I'm thinking. There are there's there's two there are two opposite ends of the spectrum for me for like limited edition supercars, special edition cars. On one end, you have uh, a car that demonstrates the engineering and the design prowess of the firm, um, which is bueno. <laughs> the other side... Que bueno. Que bueno. The other side of it is it's just uh, a vanity festival and a publicity thing that is just meant to sort of revive some kind of interest in the brand. And... Score a reason. quick cash grab. Yes, basically. It's just like a heartless exploit. Yeah. Um, and so an example of what we love, we love, um, <laughs> is the Aston Martin 177. Amore. <laughs> I'm just gesturing <laughs> now. Yeah, post, post-verbal, I'm just gesturing <laughs> really aggressively. Um, not to stereotype Italian people too much. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so the Aston Martin 177, that is uh, the ultimate expression of the Aston Martin recipe, which is a front-engine rear-wheel drive GT car uh, with lots of power and lots yeah. of lovely design. It yeah. looks incredible. I think I, I, it's one of my favourite-looking cars ever. Yeah. Um, it has 730 horsepower. Yes. 30 or 50? It's 700 plus horsepower. Um, it, you keep it weighed, talking, I'm a Google. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, it weighed under 1,500 kilos, which at the time was unprecedented for an Aston Martin. <laughs> Even the V8 Vantage was, over, was more than that. Um, and it had uh, a trick suspension system. It had the, you know, not the, that one. Push rod. That's it, push rod. <laughs> words, words. 750 horsepower. Oh, confirmed. shit. Damn it. Okay, so 750 horsepower. It sounded like hell being opened. And God at the same uh, time. And God, yeah. Yes. It sounded like God and Satan having a fight. Yeah, like God accidentally arriving to hell. Yeah, I'd be like, oh shit, I'm in pandemonium. <laughs> Time to fuck <laughs> demons up. Sounds amazing. Yeah. It looks amazing. And that is like the definition, I think, of, or an example of like a good use of, of, of time, money, investment, all of that. 
the old, the perfect just... example of a flagship model. Yes, like, it completely. Yeah. It is the ultimate Aston Martin. Literally, that's what the the brief was. The core and essence they of the brand. Um, and uh, Henry Catchpole, uh, no, sorry, Harry Harry Metcalf. Sorry, he drove it in an Evo Diaries video, and it was, and it's first of all the spec of the Aston Martin was it was stunning. It was like this like like evergreen like forest green and had dark wheels. It looked stunning. So uh, do watch that because it's really good and it's very interesting because it was very much like you the the client could literally have anything they want. Yeah, I know like Aston Martin do that with the regular stuff. I feel like that's when Aston Martin Q was sort of like getting into its stride as well. Yeah. Their customization program. Yeah, it was yeah. cool. Um, so, uh, I, I kind of want to talk specifically about Lamborghini. Ooh. Um, also, it does not escape me that last week, right before I said that Lamborghini, my Chilago SV, was on my five-car garage, <laughs> I dissed Lamborghini. It doesn't escape me. I am a hypocrite. <laughs> uh, I'll admit that. <laughs> no, I, so, the, let's start with the Rebenton, which was a style project. And the first car of that kind yes. we'd ever seen. The first car yep. in that price category, I believe. Yes. Um, I guess, well, Veyron kind of before that. But kind that was of. the first of its era, right? Yeah. So based on an F-18 fighter jet. Fighter jet yeah. um, had an LCD uh, display display system, which was very cool. I the really digital like dash. That. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't a curve on the body. Yes. Anywhere, including the wheel arches, uh, everywhere. And it was super limited edition. Super. How many like did they make? Fifteen, if that. Yeah. Five. So like that's that's another league. They made four hundred Veyrons. Yeah. And right. seventy-seven. Yeah. Uh, One seventy-seven. Yeah. So this like, is like the super. beginning of these modern, yes. super low-run, super high-priced cars. Yeah. Under the clothes, it is an LP six forty, not a bad thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here for it because it was a design study basically. And I approve of that because it looked pretty sick. I mean, not beautiful by any standard of anyone's brain. <laughs> but by the time the Aventador came out, it's like, yeah, it, they perfected that design. Language. Exactly. So like it formed the Aventador's design. Um, so that's cool. And the real, the real life clusters are like arrows. Oh, really cool. So, good. so that's, a, that's good. We like that. The one after that. Was also a good one, and that was a Sesto Elemento. Oh my god! For me, that was the best. That is real. That in terms of um, an antidote to the power, yeah. like race, yeah. it's just the most. So it's so it's nine hundred ninety-nine kilos dry weight. Yeah. Um, it was entirely made of carbon, hence why it's called Sesto Elemento. Sixth element is the sixth element on the uh, periodic table. Um. Its power to weight ratio was insane, of course, because it had the same engine as the Superleggera at the time, which was 570 horsepower, naturally aspirated, <laughs> naturally aspirated V10. Yes. Um, and amazing engine. Right. So, like, though it, the 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 drivetrain was the same as one of the cars that was already on sale, but because because it was packaged in this lightweight body, it changed it completely, changed the game, and the yeah. Superleggera wasn't heavy it was like 1400 kilos so it was right. pretty light but that's the thing is you know it just goes to show you the power of weight savings mm. um, particularly <clears throat> in the performance realm because yes. you, you can think of that car as a Gallardo Superleggera um, with a thousand pounds removed from it right or, yeah, or whatever basically. the weight savings is yeah. and it, it's like a totally different league of performance even though it has the same engine same you know all-wheel drive system and everything mm -hmm. 
um, it totally changes the car. And yeah. for me, that's like one of the best examples of when people ask, well, you know, why does why do I want a car that's lighter? It improves acceleration. It improves handling. It improves fuel consumption. Yep. Every single aspect of the car is better. Yeah, there's literally not an area that it doesn't improve on. Yeah. And the fact that it's all made of carbon, obviously, is like incredibly light, incredibly strong. Yeah. So it's like, uh, and I guess it's disappointing because moving from the Sesto Elemento, they don't exactly incorporate that into their design. I mean, they can't just make a production car that is just entirely carbon. Right. That's that not was feasible. Never, not, that was never in the, the... It was never street legal, right? It was. It was. No, it wasn't. No, because no, it, was it had like zero safety stuff It was, on. yes. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, that was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a track only. Um, and, but yeah, moving on I uh, to the to the next model range. So the Huracan and the Aventador came out soon after. Um, and whilst they're not chunky bastards, I would have hoped they'd be a bit lighter considering how much time and effort they put into yeah. the Sesto Elemento's design. The Aventador is heavy. Like, that was it's definitely... 1,600 kilos. Yeah. And the Huracan is actually pretty light for what it is. It's like, I think, dry weight is like 1,350. Well, the other thing is dry weight is kind of a, a useless kind of bullshit useless. thing. Yeah, completely. Like, completely. that's just... <laughs> and I think... What is some art video I was just reading about this the other day. It's like, Italians are like the only people who you normally quote dry weight and even they stop doing it because they realize it's like so misleading. Well, yeah, because you, you're not going to drive a car with that fuel. Yeah. Yeah. You're also not going to drive a car without a driver. Or without so, oil. Or so coolant. Or oil or coolant. Or brake fluids. Yeah, it's mean, like... literally no fluid in the car. Like, <laughs> how, how heavy is it? Oh, well, in its unusable spec. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, kilos. do you want to drive it or not? <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want to drive it. Oh, super light then. Yeah. Um, so then after Sesto Elemento was the Aventador J. Um, this, I mean, this is kind of, uh, there's only one in the world. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind it. Cause, it looked cool. Because it looked pretty cool. The red was awesome. Also, was, was that wheels. a commission car? Um, so the story goes that it was, and then Lamborghini were like, oh no, it's not. It was essentially uh, Stefan Winkelmann, yeah. who was the CEO at the time, and now is, I think, is the boss of Volkswagen. The whole thing. Now. No, he's um, was at it? Uh, Bugatti. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I'm not right. <laughs> um, so he basically was like, okay, so it's six weeks till Geneva. We haven't got anything interesting to show. So you guys make what you want. And so they're like, well, we can't make a whole new model, obviously. So let's just do something with the Aventador. So they just cut its roof off. It's, it is, there's only like two panels on the car that actually from the, event, the, the coupe. That's cool. Um, but, you but know. It does look um, so similar still. It, yeah, of yeah. Um, so it's like the OG Speedster. Yeah. Uh, now we've got three that I don't care about. I, I like the Aston Martin one, actually. That's quite cool. But I hate <laughs> the other two. The other two, just, sorry, in my mind. So yeah, they made this in six weeks. Six weeks to make, like, a technically, it's one-off. So, yeah. of course, they don't have to, like, worry about, you know, making more than one. But it still was made in six weeks. Um, and you asked a very good question when I told you this. How come the Elva took so long to make? <laughs> yeah because I mean, it's a it's a topless 720 yeah without a windscreen and yeah. with a horrible wind deflector let's thing. talk about the three speedsters after this Lambo bit we do need to talk yeah because yeah um right and then uh and this is where things go bad in my <laughs> so that mind. was the, the Aventador J was the first limited edition car based on the Aventador platform yes right? yeah okay so we're at one so far I'm gonna be but, keeping but, track but however it was called the Aventador it was literally named and a limited production version of an event True. So I'm sort of like, I'm okay with it, because okay. at least they're being honest with right. us. Right, <laughs> that's a great point. That's a great point. 
Yeah. Okay, let's um, So moving on, there was a venino, which means, <laughs> oh, God. Which means poison, did you know? In Italian. Poison my in, eyes. In Italian. Poison my eyeballs and make me not see. <laughs> I, I think it, I'm sorry, I, like, I think it's the most fuckly thing ever. Um, the wheels are shit, the finish shit, the spoiler shit, I hate it. I re- it's too much. It's like, it's like, I know everyone's saying like, oh, Lamborghini's great because it's like, it's like a whimsy, it's like a kid went nuts with a, with a sketch pad. I'm like, yeah, but at least there's some restraint before this. This is just fully mad and I, not in a good way. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate lack of restraint in terms of styling, but I, this was too much. Um, so basically this was, uh, a styling exercise. Uh, on, it's difficult to say what on, <laughs> like you know, because we're about on it's it's fighter jet, right? Yeah, great. This is excess, an, an excessive track. It's a focus. Yeah, it's. A, I think the brief was that they were trying to see what a track focused Lamborghini prototype would look like. Ah, uh, and then it looks gross. The answer is, <laughs> the answer is ugly. I hate the rear wheel arch so much. Man. I I really. You, do you know? It, like, it's my least favorite Lamborghini. The, I can think of in a while. Same. Yep. Yeah. See, it's got like the rear wheel arch of the first gen Contash. Yeah. Which is like... Not it, a, right, And then there's circular. like a kind of straight line. Yeah. And it yeah. looks like shit. Yeah. I just... I look great on the Contash because it was in the 70s. This looks like shit. Um, so I hate that. And it's really difficult to see the purpose of it. Yeah. And that that was the first time when I, was like, I think we both got the, the feeling like like what, why you know no offense Lambo but why is mm-hmm. why is this here like yeah. what did you build and I think this was the the point where they were like let's let's get the cameras flashing yeah exactly let's unveil this at Geneva and everyone's going to talk about it um, and I'm pretty sure they do the same thing every time where they don't talk like about the specifics of what's underneath mainly yeah. because it's, it's it's an event store SV yeah is basically what it is underneath yeah so um, that, that was in 2013 I guess when production on that started, and yep. that was right around the time that we really started seeing this happen from every manufacturer. Mm-hmm. These one-off blah blah blahs. Yeah. Were really just a rebodied version of an existing car. Mm-hmm. Um, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Continue. Uh, then after that we had the Centenario. Yeah. Which is a hundred-year celebration of Lamborghini, uh, both tractor form and <laughs> car form. I love a, so I would love they, a Lambo tractor. Oh, same. I wish they just like made it like a tractor, like an actual tractor, but, like. I would love to but just... But it does not 62 seconds. Yeah. Imagine, like, <laughs> driving to a restaurant or something, having a Lamborghini key fob, and they're like, oh my god, what car do you have? You're like... Tractor. A tractor. <laughs> a motherfucking tractor. <laughs> yeah, I know. We could do it... Actually, it's fake. With all of these things, you could probably just be like... You could ride a ball into town and be like, oh, I got a... I got a Benino. Yeah. Oh, with Lamborghini... No, a ball. Oh. Okay, right. By the way, I don't know how it's pronounced... But I say veneno, and I'm gonna say I'm right. Veneno. Yeah. No, the correct way to say it is silence. <laughs> you just, <laughs> just you don't, just don't bring it up. <laughs> yeah, you know, you just don't talk about it. Shh. No. Yeah. So um, that again was another design-heavy exercise, with no real. The brief. Yeah. So yeah. it definitely looked better than the veneno. I yeah, think. I think so. Um, <laughs> I have an issue with its with the proportions of its front. And it's back, yeah. Because it seems to just stop off the rear wheels, yeah. and like there's a really high. It's it's all diffuser. It's, it's like all about diffuser. a thousand slats. Yeah, and I didn't... a thousand and five exactly. Oh, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you so That's much. It's entirely factual. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. Um, but then it looks like it's got teeth at the front. Yeah. Like it's smiling, and right. I'm like I, and I just don't like black and yellow as like a color combo. I know that's Lamborghini. 
but you know, it's also with Khalifa. The wheels. Wiz, you're out there. We love you. Benefactor of this podcast. <laughs> pay our bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please, please pay my rent in Oxford. It's very expensive. Um, yeah, I, I hated the tires because the, the tire wall was yellow. Um, the wheels. Yeah. Anyway, it was. I was again sort of like. Um, like oh okay. more of the same again. yeah it was like a, I was like oh, I'm very tepid on this yeah. whole situation I was like okay it's better than the Vinino because it's not got stupid fins and spoilers everywhere um, and then the roadster came out and I actually thought that looked worse than the coupe of the Centenario yeah um, and it was in a strange colour combo it was like white and black and they still had like yeah. more or less the exact same power output and everything as yeah, yeah. Invented literally one. so it's it's the literally. same car same car as an Inventador. So that's, um, so not including the Inventador J, that's two. Okay, so we've got Veneno, we've got Veneno Roadster. Yes. Um, to, we've got to the Centenario Roadster. Centenario Roadster. So that's yep. four yep. cars based on. Based on the Inventador. Uh, depending on how scrupulous you want to be yeah. and your hate for Lamborghini. Today, we are very much very scrupulous much, for very it. Much. Um, and then comes the biggest question mark, I think. Um, in the whole this whole series is the SC18 Alston which stands for Squadra Corsa yeah. 2018 Name of Sun <laughs> Name of Sun <laughs> yeah so there isn't a bull named SC18 amazingly <laughs> that's so shocking um, so basically this is um, there is if Elon Musk can change things <laughs> <laughs> no it'd just be 011011 <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the brief for this was um Let's take the Aventador SVJ, which is the track focus at Aventador, yeah. which I quite like. I mean, I it, it sounds incredible. I love it. Um, best sounding V12 out there, I think. Uh, Ferrari fans, you can fuck off. Um, and let's... So we've got track, track focus Aventador. Do you know what it needs more of? Wings and aero parts. Yeah. Um, and do you know what it doesn't need? Any performance upgrades. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, this makes sense. And do you know how much we're going to charge for it? Seven million. <laughs> like, ridiculous. I really hate this. Yeah. I really hate this car. It like, oh, and it, oh, it really, it just pisses me off because it's, there's no heart behind it. It's literally, okay. So, it is technically a client car. And that's an important distinction. That so is an important distinction. So I can't guy, be as angry with it as I yeah. want to be. So someone asked a Lamborghini to build this for them. So I'm so so I'm not going to be angry at Lamborghini for this, but I'm going to be angry at the guy who commissioned it because why the fuck would you do that? Like, well, and it and it's not that far removed from the regular. Hold on, no. I, I to be honest, I feel more for the guy in this case. Do you? Yeah. Can you imagine? Like, oh, I could buy this whatever three hundred and something thousand pound Aventador F. SVJ, or I could ask Lamborghini to build me something super special for twenty times the price. Yeah, and after my seven million dollars or pounds was it? Uh, I think dollars. After my seven million dollars, whatever, it's multi million. Probably like five million pounds. You get back a car that's just the same car you could have bought with a different body kit on it. And it's got the fin from the uh, Venino. It's basically a horrid, like mixture of the Venino and the Aventador. Yeah. It's like a it's like a halfway point, and it it's like it's it's shit because, I mean the Aventador is a good looking car I think I think it looks great the SVJ looks great yeah, so they were like let's make the SVJ worse, yeah. <laughs> in I terms mean, of styling yeah and, um, like, it's 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 kind of just shit 
all around. It's yeah. just a bad situation. It is a bad situation. Like, so, like, Ferrari's done well with their customer commission one-offs. Yeah. Lamborghini, not so much. Not so much. Um, so, Swatch Cross, obviously, is the, uh, the racing division that basically does the European GT3. Yeah. And GTE, possibly. I can't remember exactly GT4 all the decisions. They, all the well. GT racing All the most sports yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but it just seems like such a half fast situation because it's not fully stripped out. It's not got like... It, it, it's got... Okay, so it's got the exhaust system from the Huracan GT3, basically. Hooray. What does that do? Maybe it'll sound louder, but it was already fucking amazing yeah. sounding anyway. It's Pointless. Dumb. Stupid. And then, so finally... The last one is the Cyan FK37, which is a moderate improvement, because I think it looks great, actually. I'm less so... You're less, you're less convinced inclined, by that. Yeah. I don't think, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look bad. Compared to the I, I think it looks great. I honestly, I still think I'd rather have a Venet, like, a Venena door. No, you wouldn't. An Aventador. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay Venena door. Venena door. <laughs> Lamborghini naming yeah. the naming department V and Val yeah. <laughs> and then keyboard smash. Yeah, no, I think the Ventador looks better than all of the one-offs that it spawned. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so the Cyan is actually fairly significant because there's some sort of engineering difference with yes. it. Okay. So you talk about this because right. because you, you're you're an engineering smart boy. This is um, I think the only thing that really would make this car worthy of being its own special one-off whatever. This is Lamborghini's latest um, foray into like electrified powertrains. Mm. So most, mm. yeah, hybrid. But you know, electrified is is another word for it. Right. There's more. There's more vowels. No. Uh, more. Um, what's? <laughs> Just I can't speak today. Just carry on. Just gonna <laughs> look at you smugly for one more <laughs> second. Oh wait. Uh, sorry. What? <laughs> uh, so basically, oh, the, the current trend of you know of hybridized uh, powertrains is to have uh, engine with a battery pack and electric motor, and the battery pack is charged by the engine sometimes, and it powers the electric motor. Lamborghini has realized that. Well, everyone's realized it, but Lamborghini <laughs> is the only one who's acted on the fact. <laughs> that the battery packs in these cars are super heavy. And that's one of the main issues with electric vehicles in general. Mm. When you have a battery pack in a car, like a Tesla or whatever, it's, you know, it's over a thousand pounds of just battery. Mm. So the kind of high-tech future thinking solution to that is to look at using supercapacitors instead of batteries. Mm. And a supercapacitor stores electricity just like a battery, but it can't store it for a very long time. It's a kind of a, a you know temporary storage thing. Mm, okay. What it can do is get rid of that electricity way faster than a battery can. Mm. So it can just dump an insane amount of power uh, into an electric motor. Okay. So they're using the you know for me that's like the ultimate hybrid setup, right? Because if you want the power boost that EVs give you and some electric range maybe, but you don't want the penalty of the weight of the mm, battery pack, yeah. you go for a supercapacitor. So in that respect, this is a really cutting-edge car. Right. And also, I want to mention that we talk about uh, weight-saving a lot. We're not fat-shaming, okay? Uh. Oh, okay, you are. <laughs> yeah, you've been looking at my left hand. Like, Yikes. Oh, dear. Someone's not been running. Um, <laughs> um, so, question. Um, because I've just thought about this, and uh, this is a discussion after all. How is the left Ferrari so light? That's a great question. Um, Answer it. You know, I don't Answer actually it. know how much it weighs, like a specific... 1,300 kilos. 1,300 kilos? Um, so it's the lightest of all the, the, the Holy Trinity. Okay. By, by quite so, a, a while. 
The first thing that's helping it is um, that car basically has a Ferrari F1 car battery pack. Okay. Which is, you know, yeah. obviously the best of the best battery technology possible. Yes. So super light for what it can do. Yes. Um, and the second part is the LaFerrari probably has the smallest battery pack out of the three cars. I think it does. The LaFerrari, the yeah. McLaren P1, and the Porsche 918 Spyder. Yeah, that's the Holy Trinity, uh, in case you didn't know. But if you yeah. didn't know that, then you should probably still listen to this because you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, when it came, the LaFerrari was the only car of those three that could not run on EV only mode. Yes, I was about to say this. Yeah. And I wondered if that was part yeah. of the thing. Basically, it basically tells enough. you all you need to know. Cool. Yeah. Great. So Ferrari hate polar bears. Nice. Um, <laughs> you know what was weird? When the LaFerrari came out, the whole press video, they showed this graph of like weight penalty versus um, lap time. And you could see like, theoretically, they had picked the sweet spot of like, what, like, you know, it's the best lap time for the increased weight or whatever. Okay. But that, I'm sure that was true. And so basically McLaren and Porsche just had different philosophies going into it, which yeah. is fine, you know. Great. That, but that's, that's what made yeah. the, the whole the phenomenon of those three cars coming out at the same time, awesome. doing the same thing. Yeah. So epic. It, yeah. was a, it was a throwdown. Yeah. It was amazing. That was like my favorite period of time. And uh, I'm a McLaren P1 fan, so fuck you. Also, because uh, if you haven't seen Chris Harris's video where he drive he he drives all three with Tiffany Dell, and that Scottish driver I'm so I can't remember his name I'm so sorry. Um, if you haven't seen that video where him Very those well, three Frank no, oh. there's another guy. Um, I think it's a GT3 driver. I don't know. I think basically he he hoons around these three amazing cars around Portimao, and then sets lap times in them. P1 wins by the way. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just. Uh, that's not why it's good. It's good because Chris Harris is... is uh, I trust him. <laughs> and I don't trust uh, Top Gear or the Grand Tour or whatever they did it on. Mm. Um, so yeah. do watch that. Um, so what other limited release cars do we need to talk about? There's just so many. I I might have forgotten about yeah. a lot of these. Um, so Lamborghini is like the... you know. The like the poster boy for this problem, right? Harbinger yeah. of chaos. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's just the idea of endlessly creating these, you know, limited edition one offs which are require so little effort and originality mm. and are really profit driven. Um, the speedsters, that's what we we're gonna talk about. Oh, next. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so cool. The latest um, version of this event is happening at Aston Martin, mm-hmm. it's happening at Ferrari mm-hmm. and it's happening at McLaren. McLaren. You almost forgot McLaren. I did, yeah. Just, just blanking out there. No, just a massive, <coughs> really big company in the car game. Yeah. Ferrari started it. They did with the SP1 ones, though, right? Yeah, the SP1 and SP2, yes. which is literally an 812 without the roof or a windscreen. And it's so interesting that they chose the biggest chassis for a Speedster. I, mean, I guess it wasn't available at the time. Yeah, but I do like it because okay. the, the idea of having the Speedster-type car... Mm. I would say it's they're really just kind of hearkening back to the original automotive icons, the original sure. idea of a sports car, right? Sure, like the two fifty test races. Yeah, and, and like those the were all that ones. layout. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where does so the, the Elva? That's based on something, isn't it? That's based on the McLaren seven twenty S. And again, no, I mean the 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 impetus for the Speedster design is it's referring to oh, a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't um, it? Yeah. Well, is it a McLaren Lola thingy? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't really say it's based on it, but because it looks similar, I think that's what they went with. And they put a paint job on it, so like, oh, it's related. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, okay. Um, and then, so there's the McLaren Elva, and then there's the Aston Martin 
V12 Speedster, which is just a DBS Superleggera with, again, no roof or no windscreen. But it looks like a v- V8 Vantage. It's got yeah. a V8 Vantage face. Yeah. Um, I, is it the chassis as well? I don't I thought it was a V8 so. Vantage chassis with the, with the DBS engine. I think it's bigger. Well, I know that the V12 doesn't fit in the V8 Vantage. That makes sense. Yeah. And they did put the, v, the V12 into the uh, previous Vantage. Yeah, but they've said already that it yeah. definitely won't fit this time. That's, oh, that's sad. That is actually... Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. Oh, I'm upset. Yeah. Another example of Aston fucking oh, it up. Or the, the guy who's taken over Aston being a tit. Who's that guy? Who's quite nasty. Who? The, the one who just left, you mean? Andy, Andy Palmer? Palmer? Yeah. Yeah, he's gone now. Yeah, thank God. I mean, um, people, like, he, I don't know. Every, mixed opinions of everyone. But I miss I miss Bez. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Bez. Um, yeah. yeah, so... Um, uh, the, the SP1 kind of flew under my radar because... I think it came out at the same time as a lot of other things. It did, yeah. I mean, that's the other issue, right? Yeah. This has been happening at every major kind of sports car manufacturer, mm. and there's just so much model saturation of new cars coming out, what yeah. felt like every week, yeah. particularly in March around the Geneva Motor Show. Yes. It was like, new this, new that, new this, new that. It, sometimes it's okay to just be like, this is a facelift, and like, like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Just like, it's... Creating a weird sensation of like, like viewer demand that's sacrificing the car itself. Do you know what I mean? Like, like for the sake of like ooh, like and and press and speculation and Instagram likes, yeah. it's kind of sacrificing the actual purity of whatever they're creating. Yeah, and that's really upsetting. Like, like especially for like when you think about the the Lamborghini Miura. Yota, uh, I think Jota, Yota. Yeah, I uh, think. Pretty sure it's your that, that, yeah. and you go to gesture really aggressively yeah, yeah, yeah. as you say it, like the Mira concept race car, and that's the most that is just stunning. I think yeah. that's the coolest Lamborghini, and that's what the, the events which is referencing. That is pure, and just being like, this is really like this is a proposed kind of race car spec Mira, and I'm like, that's fucking rad. And then these days, it's like oh. everything, yeah, everything. So yeah. what's the SP1 Monza? The SF90 and that weird 458 race car thing that came out. Do you remember? Oh, that, yeah. That had LED lights. Yes. What was it, that called? What was it called? It was See, really... this is this is a problem. There's yeah. so many. I don't know what they're called. And also, the, the names are so similar to the production lines. I can't even remember. Like, the FHR Beauty flew under the radar for me because, like, it came... That also came out at the same time as all these other cars. And I was like, I don't... Wh- eh? What is it? Keep tell talking. Me. Please I'm, tell me. I'm looking forward. I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. But it was basically, it looked like a GT3 458, but it had more power and it looked less good. A um, lot less good. A lot less good. Um, and it had a really weird face because of the lights. They removed the lights and put them lower down or something. It looked real, real suspect. Um, and again, I was like, okay, why? The P80C. Boom. <sighs> yeah. And, and again, it was marketed as a, a, the latest special edition Ferrari. Yeah. Like, these are, they're so... Do you remember the P4? Yeah, yeah I loved that. That was cool. Yeah, well, so that was unique also because that was what? done without Ferrari's involvement altogether. Yeah. That was Jim Glickenhouse, yeah. who is just He's got one of the coolest individuals, like, in automotive culture. Yeah, him period. and Horatio need to have a bit. Yeah. Um, Jim Glickenhouse has an insane car collection. Cool. One of the cars in there was a Enzo. Hmm. And he went not to Ferrari, but he went to Pininfarina, yeah. the famous Italian design company, mm-hmm. to build him a modern 
uh, incarnation of the classic Ferrari P3 for Le Mans racer. So oh, they car. came back and they made the, pro- the Ferrari P4-5, is what they called it. And at the time, uh, Luca Di Montezmolo, uh, I think that's how you say his name, was the CEO of Ferrari. We are, we are insulting many Italians. Italians. <laughs> we, need to, we need to check up on this. Um, but yeah, you know, the L- guy L- in charge of F1 right now, right? Uh, no, he's no. Um, not in, but okay. he's amazing. Uh, Luca Di... Yeah. Luca di Montezmolo. Montezimolo, maybe. Luca. My boy Luca. Oh, L Dog. <laughs> L Breezy. What, what so champ. <laughs> this was this was on an awesome interview um I read with Jim Glickenhaus. Mm-hmm. And he said that at, when Luca found out about this project between Jim and Pininfrina, he took the company helicopter straight over to Pininfrina headquarters. <laughs> and I said normally he never comes out of the helicopter. This time he got out, he told him to turn the helicopter off. He stormed into the boss of Pinafrina's office and he's like, what are you doing? This is like, you know, disgrace. You can't like, you know, take an Enzo and do this to blah, blah, blah. And he was <laughs> fuming. He's like, for sure, not a Ferrari. Like, this is the end of our, you know, business together. <laughs> and then um, there was like this little back and forth, typical Italian manner. And long story short, the covers came off. Lucas saw the car and goes, Oh, yes, it's a real Ferrari. <laughs> he liked it. He chef's, he chef's kissed. And yeah. We'll go back into his, uh, into his helicopter. It's one of the greatest. That's a cool story. I love that. That was, uh, I saw that um, from this online uh, magazine and kind of car uh, community called Apex. How can he? I didn't even know that, that this was the same thing in your browser history, and I just bring it up. Aren't I cool? Yeah, the Apex. Um, so cool. Anyone who's listening... Um, they do amazing articles and podcasts and everything. Um, so anyways, that's that was that limited edition Ferrari. Which looks a little like the Di Tommaso now. Yeah, it does. Anyway. <laughs> the, the last example I think I wanted to bring up of the kind of too many limited editions is, again, Bugatti. Mm-hmm. And I said, like, they're one of my favorite brands. But there's been a... A long line of Chiron derivatives, mm-hmm. um, more so than I think makes sense for a company trying to preserve its you know, legacy and, and yeah. just making the ultimate car. Yeah. So when Bugatti was revived by Volkswagen mm-hmm. in 2004, that was the brief for the Bugatti Veyron, just mm-hmm. be the ultimate car. It's going to be the fastest car, you know, break um, 250 miles an hour. It's going to be the most powerful, the most expensive, blah, blah, blah. You can do all that with your little pinky. And right, and, and, and to do all that in uncompromised luxury. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So the Veyron did that perfectly. And then, um, you know, it had the world speed record. Mm-hmm. Um, SSC made the ultimate arrow. So the speed record got taken away. And then Bugatti responded with the Veyron Supersport, which was just more of the same. Um, it was a better car, the same luxury, more power. Um, you might not be sold on the looks, but I... I really am not at all. I love that car. I think it looks amazing. Um, but, you know, throughout the Veyron's entire lifespan, which was, I think, about 10 years, mm. yeah, it had only really two different versions. It had the Veyron and the Veyron Supersport. And you could get either of those at some point in uh, a coupe or a convertible. Yeah, uh, which, which was oh, technically yeah. called like something like the Grand Vitesse. It was the Grand Vitesse, yeah. So um, that was just, it was just But, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like a bit like Volante. Like, it's yeah. like a posh way of just being like, oh, it's convertible. I'm like, oh, right, yeah. just to the roof. Of, anyway, it was yeah. a removable hard panel. So, but that was it. Like, that I was those. It was the only Veyron, you know, hard, like hardware changes, period. Yeah. They had a couple limited editions. They had six, I think, 
but they were all done um, from an artistic perspective. Yeah, it was like a paint job. Yeah, and yeah. they weren't ever marketed as anything other than a Veyron. Yeah. It was just a Veyron edition, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then the mm-hmm. Chiron comes out, and the Chiron is like, I think, an amazing replacement for the Veyron. Because again, just everything Yeah, I better. like it. I really like the Chiron. Yeah. Um, I like design-wise, I think it's stunning. Um, it's, yeah. It's and amazing. it actually does corners, so that's nice. Yeah, is that right? That car handles amazingly. Yeah, so it's just so cool and it's yeah. so heavy, and you think like it'll, it'll be the same kind of thing as a Veyron, but oh, great! So Love it's it. just it's another league of performance, um, and that's awesome. And then people were wondering, okay, so they did you know the Veyron Vitesse. I wonder if they'll do a, a topless version of the Chiron, um, and they haven't. Mm. But what they have done instead is done a host of different derivatives. So mm. the first one to come out after the Chiron was the Chiron Sport. And it was like a 300,000 euro premium. And it you saved like 20 kilograms in weight. And that was about it. Like there were such few changes to that car that the thing they were talking about the most was the carbon fiber wiper blade. So right. So it weighs two tons. Yeah. Near, near, like more or less. Yeah. 20 kilos. That's minimal. Yeah. That's nothing. You're not going to feel shit. No. So, and it had some suspension tuning and whatever, but okay. Are like, you going to take your Chiron to a track? Of yeah. course you're fucking not. Like, like that was the thing. That's like, the point. Yeah, so, the, you know, the, like, Bugatti's, the Chiron was never meant to be, like, an all-out, like, track performance car. It's a nice car to it's, drive. It's, yeah, windy I mean, road the engine and gearbox alone weigh over a thousand pounds. Yes. So, like, right there, you should just, don't try and make it, you know, some whatever. Yeah. Um, after the Chiron Sport came out... We had the Chiron Super Sport 300 Plus. The LT. Right. <laughs> the, the long tail. The, the XLT. Yeah. Because that ass is too much. Yeah. Nice. You like it? Nice. Yeah, I love that it. That booty be too much. I love it. No, I think it looks like awesome. bodacious booty. So really that's awesome. the car. Yeah. Sorry to cut you <laughs> off. That was really beautiful. Yeah, I know. It was a really funny joke. <laughs> and it was worth repeating, actually. So sit down. Let's <laughs> continue. Um, so the Super Sport was the one that took back the world record, uh-huh. speed record. And that did 304 miles an hour. I liked its face. And they, great face. Yeah. And then, Dude. The extra, like the extra, face and like ex- the some extra ooh, vents and stuff. Yeah, it looked a bit more. It looked really aggressive, and I was like, yeah. And then I saw the arts, and I was like, oh. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that was pretty. That was pretty cool. Yeah, so um, that car served a purpose, right? Yeah, that was a did. speed record car, which yeah. is cool. Unlike the Chiron Sport, which was just kind of trim upgrade, I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't know what if it was. That... Um, then we got the Chiron Pure Sport, and this is one I like threw my hands up and was like, what is going on anymore? Da fuck. Yeah, yeah like complete. that. That's just. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So the Chiron Pure Sport was like the Chiron for corners. Yeah. There's no such thing as a Chiron for no, corners. No, there is like they doesn't need to be. No, you just get a loose lease. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. And it has a, had a fixed rear wing, I believe. Yeah, it did. Correct. Yeah, you know Bugatti's always been about elegance. Like the Rolls Royce of the hypercar world. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the new outlook for the Volkswagen owned outlook for Bugatti, it's yeah. like it's it's luxury. It's excess but it's refined yeah and th- this is where the difference between it and the Koenigseggs because Koenigsegg is also an engineering masterpiece but it's a c- completely different package it's real drive slightly terrifying very very terrifying not slightly and it's not not particularly elegant I think the standard Azera is really co- is actually pretty stunning but the 1.1 one, one, the RS very the thin. Yesco Jesco I think oh, is I hate the way oh, I don't like it the Yesco Absolute Fixes the wing problem. The one without. Yeah. Yeah, that's just like the top speed one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, and and then and then there's more. So like you establish that like track focused Bugattis is kind of why. useless, useless, yeah. and why? Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, Bugatti, like historically speaking, has built some of the greatest Grand Prix Formula One cars of all time. Sure, but race cars nearly a hundred years ago. Yeah, yeah, um, like and with purpose built race car stuff. Completely, and even at that time, the race cars and the road cars were very different. Yeah, in terms of purpose. So like, the, then Bugatti has released a few more uh, kind of special limited edition cars. There was one that was, was it the 100 year um, tribute? I think it's called the Sente Dieci. Yeah, I think and that's right. So they thought what would be really great is if to celebrate 100 years, we should base the car off of a car made 40 years ago. <laughs> with the EV110 no not 40 30 years ago whatever 90s um, so it's got some styling cues from the EV110 mainly the uh, there's like a, a, above the front wheel arch there's some like weird circle things I yeah. think oh I think it, uh, Cento Dieci is Italian just for 110 so it's 110? not for yeah so it's literally just mm. an EV110 homage Oh, jokes! Yeah. Oh, that's quite fun. Uh, well, I still don't like it, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing, like, that's that's cool, but it's, it's again, it's just a re-bodied Bugatti Chiron. it's not good-looking. I don't think it's good-looking at all. Some people love it, though. Because the, well, the, the front lights are, are, like, half, over halfway up the, yeah. the, the face. And really, really, really too thin. And the horseshoe yeah. grill is way too small, and, and the rear looks super retro. Anyways, it's just... Like, well, we're going to have an episode about retroism <laughs> and, like, nostalgia, because that warrants a lot of talking about. Yeah. Um, but this uh, is a, a design thing. Um, and it, it's just, again, like, it's to pay homage to another car, but it's just a rebody shown at the end of the day with a huge, huge price tag. I'm sorry, if you can afford that, you can afford it in EV110. Yeah, just get original, the original one. Just get the original one, because it sounds like, like, God masturbating. And, uh, yeah, it's great. Uh, yeah. The OG Quad Turbo V12. Yeah. V12? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great. And then the last special edition Bugatti um, was the Devo. Yes. And Another that, track focus. Yeah. And thing. that, again, th- thank you. That's I keep thinking for some reason that's a track only car, but it's not. It's a road legal track car. Track focus. Track focus. So in the total lineup of track focused cars based off a non-track car, <laughs> we have the Chiron Sport. The Chiron Pure Sport, the Chiron Super Sport, and the Devo. Mm. That's just stupid. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if anyone will look at the, the standard Chiron and think, uh, it's not enough, is it? 1,500 horsepower, is that a little, you know, diluted? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. No one would think, no one would think that. And again, be, like that all of these cars share everything under the skin. Yeah really pisses me off that they can have such different price tags and like what are you paying for the 300,000 pounds for the the was it GT the suit the the sport the sport sorry yeah um that is ludicrous and that's just that's when excess is just you know not good Um, (laughs) I mean the the Devo was listed at like 5.4 million dollars this is more than double the price of a Chiron for like I'd have two I'd have two I'd get two Chirons I would yeah, that's a good point. I'd have a a week Chiron and a weekend Chiron. Yeah, because there's some nice colors with it, so I'd get one like there's a I get an all black one. Yeah. And then there's that nice like creamy beigey kind of colored one that was like the Hermes edition. 
No, it's the one that Chris Harris, Harris drove. Oh, it's oh, the one he drove in. Um, was it black and and and, and like a creamy yeah. kind of? It was one on top of you. Yes, it? it was one that he drove in uh, Dubai yeah. or Abu yeah. Dhabi or something. Yeah. I think that spec was lovely. Epic. Yeah, all green and tan on the inside because yeah. we we like that shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in conclusion. Yeah, that's that's the the gist. Of, that's the gist of it. It's like we have an issue when the donor car is so similar to the limited run car, and with the limited run car doesn't change the game much yeah. like in terms of styling or engineering because it doesn't move the company forward in no, any way no because design studies I'm all for it because like that's more stuff to look at and more ways to kind of challenge how a car should look using the current you know design language of the manufacturer so I think that's cool like the Rebenton that's great and they carried that forwards and that was great um but with stuff like that's just like oh this is referencing stuff that's already happened and I'm like well just, that's not new that's just like sort of making like a, a oh man. yeah it's it, a circle jerk of Bugatti stuff <laughs> like yeah, like if the vast majority of the car is the same as a, another car in your lineup then why are you doing it yeah so yeah. the Aventador has like what it seven six including Roadsters has like what I think we can't wait hang on. A lot. Aventador, Aventador S, Aventador SV, Aventador SVJ, all of those in Coupe and Roadster. Already, which are already quite expensive, rather, yeah. I think, better looking than any of the limited rotation stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm hoping there'll just be a bit of a, like, this will stagnate a bit. Yeah. And we'll get back to, like, maybe making nice full production cars, series production As cars. you might call it, the base model. Yeah. Stick with the base. Perhaps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, I'm kind of excited to see what Lamborghini do with their next VTOL flagship model, given what the Cyan is doing. Yeah, I'm very I'm really excited. hoping it's going to be something cool and that the Cyan will be a good reference point and not just a, you know, a, you know, like a cum, cum sock in the wind. Like all the other ones. <laughs> oh, that was gross. Yeah, that's so disgusting. On that bombshell. On that bombshell. We actually kept it to uh, about an hour this time. We did. We're getting better. We're getting better at this. More efficient, more yeah. economical. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, yeah. from me, goodbye. And from me, adieu. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>